Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Hello and welcome back to the movie graveyard. We are rolling tonight with an all-time classic, a movie from my childhood. As always, uh, you know, I think it's very fitting to have this co-host, you know, to come and co-host this film. What movie are we talking about, Zach? Uh oh, baby, we are talking about Problem Child. Fucking a head John Ritter classic. And it's very fitting because you are the Problem Child of podcasting, aren't you? The fucking Problem Child, exactly. I I I grew up. I loved these movies, and it's it's hard to describe. Like, uh, I always have a hard time deciding which one I like better, the first or second one. They're both equally as good of uh, fun to me. They just they have different flavors. Yeah, I agree. And it's one of those things where it's like, I know a lot of people say the second one, you know, is not as good or whatever, but it's like, the true thing is like, they didn't really sell out with the second one. Like, they kept it. Mm -hmm. If you like the first one, you'll definitely like the second one. Exactly, baby. But we'll we'll get into it. Uh, this is an interesting uh, Blu-ray, and I'm sure the DVD probably has the same thing if anybody out there is rolling off the DVD. But this came out during Universal's 75th anniversary. And the reason we note that is uh, they put all the, like, from the history of time, they put all the universal openings on the front of this movie. So we mm -hmm. went ahead and uh, skipped past that. On the We got the Blu-ray. So on the Blu-ray, it's a uh, 37-second mark. It's after all the logos in, and it just goes to a black screen right before the uh, movie starts real quick. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I'm just rattling this shit off, like, monotone, like uh, like our boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are, you are the fucking king of the podcast. I could just sit here and listen to your sweet, sultry tones all fucking day. Yeah. I feel like there's fucking so much set, There's so much setup involving all these logos. We need somebody who's actually factual, like Bird, to come in and destroy us with facts and logic. Oh, fucking oh, hell yeah. Everybody's heard the bird, the word, very Chad. Destroying with facts and logic. <laughs> exactly. Fucking he. While while we were learning the fucking uh, while we were learning our ABCs, he was studying the blade. Basically, I agree fully. So yeah, so we have a thirty-seven second mark on the menu. I'm gonna say one, two, three, go. When I say go, hit play on your remote and uh, get ready for eighty minutes, solid packed uh, of uh, amazing entertainment right here. Everybody, <laughs> grab your shit. One, two, three, go. When you said everybody grab your shit, that made me think like we were going to jack off. We were going to do another commentary. I know, I know. We're going to fucking try to, the whole time, uh, John Ritter's real life wife, uh, mm -hmm. whenever she shows up and they have that scene with Marty, Uncle Marty, baby. Fucking, I forget her name. Amy Yazbeck. Amy Yazbeck, exactly. Amazing. She was in the Sega one, too. They uh, Basically, she shows up playing a completely different character, and they, like, change her hair color. And what's funny is, as a kid, I never knew, like, noticed that was the same person. Until That's I, interesting. <laughs> until I got it on, like, DVD, you could see it clearly, maybe clearer. Maybe that was the problem. I don't know. Because I'm just being little, yeah. Yeah, I don't really think they were married. This I gotta say, like the beginning, you know, it's a classic. Like for some reason, too, the 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 movie starts out. It looks like it's the 1930s for some reason. I never understood that. But um, like the baby being brought, and like right away, like they jam in the uh, junior um, uh, voiceover, 
And, like, I don't know where the kid is who played Junior. I don't know where he came from. But, he, like, the first line, he sounds like such a yokel. He's like, well, gee, golly, the night I was born. <laughs> exactly, yeah. He, he has a, he, he talks with that same cadence through the whole movie. It's yeah. like that someone, no one ever told this kid the difference between inside and outside voices. He's no. yelling yeah. through the whole fucking movie. <laughs> like, uh, they definitely had to normalize the fuck out of his audio track on the overdubbed <laughs> shit. He like, acts he acts in a Samuel Jackson style. There's there's so much movie flying by. First we had the dog growling on the uh, yard. They they put mm-hmm. in the the growl like a pit bull, but it was like a little corgi that had such little fat legs we could barely get up and walk away. But like mm-hmm. first they show that that one version we're seeing Junior as a little kid. The first version that's like in the playpen looks just like the kid who plays him later. This little boy he here, had, it's weird. He they, had a fucking Lloyd Christmas haircut to the kid in the playpen. He did this kid. They just get like a blonde kid. He's he don't even have red hair like the rest of the kids. Did you know yeah, that's it? possible? That is possible. Like I remember I had blonde hair as a little kid, but he looks yeah. a little older than that. Like yeah, like I had blonde hair when I was like toddler uh, kind of age. I did too, and then turn brown. But um, this is like uh, Junior, like his uh, his Jeffrey Dahmer animal holocaust. Like first he poisons to death the cat because the cat, like I couldn't tell it was grape jelly or like blood that the cat was puking up was all over on the thing, the counter. It's it's fine, like because we're seeing like oh is this is this movie so basically so far in the movie we've seen you know somebody leave Junior the baby in front of a like uh, another home. And then the, the lady pulls him out, and like, oh, what a beautiful boy. And he pees on her face. And, and then she immediately gives him away. It's like, that, that like you were easily convinced. Like, that's yeah. something that's going to happen to new parents. Like, fucking, Piss. you know what I mean? But the, yeah, the, but then, like, we get, like, just basically the highlights. Basically, he's being raised, and he's, like, uh, basically uh, being given to different people. And he fucking just keeps fucking it up, getting sent somewhere else to live. And you know what's funny is it's, like, fucking, it's very five-head. It's very five-head because it's not like you could, as a kid, you could watch it and be like, oh, yeah, he's just a, he's just a bad kid from the b- b- bad to the bone, like the song says. And then it turns out, like, motherfucker, like, you know, and no one's born evil. He probably became that way because he never had a steady home. He was just given to random people. And it's very five-head. You can watch it both ways. You know, it definitely plays much differently now in the, um, you know, the aftermath of uh, where we're at, you know. Like, mm, like yeah. nobody, nobody's bad now, you know. Exactly. Like they just made a uh, uh, Disney just made a very big budget movie that explained why uh, the lady who smoked cigarettes nonstop and killed baby dogs for coats was actually the good guy the whole all the whole time. Fucking Chad. Yeah. See, uh, really, we didn't know if she used those fucking coats that she's getting from the dogs to uh, feed and, uh, you know, shelter of, uh, hundreds of homeless children. Exactly. And so fucking very Chad. I always like to see, you no, know, because uh, right, we're, we're, we meet our boy, fucking John Ritter, uh, quiz essential, like uh, 80s. And like, I thought him as like, oh, the TV dad, like he would be a great fucking dad. He'd be very Chad. But it's like, you know, fucking, you know, then I really like I have a dad already. It doesn't matter. I fucking my dad's cool. And then yeah. I forgot about it. But it's like, fucking, if I was growing up in a movie, I would want John Ritter to be my dad. Exactly. And, and it, we're, we're getting introduced to them, and basically we find out that they can't have kids. 
So like, yeah, the, the plot's like basically they they're like, hey man, we should adopt. And she's like, yeah, it's really funny because she uh, like uh, she wants it just for status. Like, oh yeah, we can get invited to all the parties around our neighborhood. And he's really like genuinely interested in like having a son and being a dad and being a good dad. Very very quintessential TV dad. That's why he went to our boy John Ritter. Yeah, I love John Ritter as a kid because I grew up watching Three's Company. I always thought he was awesome. Mm-hmm. By the Me way, too. what what is, what is speaking of awesome? What did Chad uh, like career year that in the same year, John Ritter had this movie come out and also the It miniseries. I know it's happened the same year. He looks so different. Like, I know it looked like they got him to put on a little bit of weight, mm-hmm. but it's like how they just they shot him back to back. Maybe it's just. Fucking uh, yeah, something about uh, seeing it uh, in that context where he's a kid, then he gets older, and yeah. fucking yeah, maybe just seems to add it. Or it could be the TV cameras. They say they add like twenty five pounds. See, fucking see, movie cameras don't do that. No, they don't. They suck out twenty five pounds. <laughs> exactly. Fuck very very five head. I was gonna say like the early the credit sequence where you see Junior getting passed from home to home. Did you realize like everywhere he went? First he started outside of a mansion, then a regular house, then a trailer. Now he just had an orphanage. He keeps getting poorer and poorer as the movie goes on. Oh, it's a, it's all a fucking fucking they're five head more shit. They're fucking their stations in life and fucking being rejected and all that shit, man. The, the people that made this movie they were onto something. They were fucking they they were very Chad. Like, I, like I remember going to see this with my mom on like a Saturday afternoon, and like, uh, just like somebody was like in a hospital, like nothing serious, just somebody was whatever, and like we went to visit somebody and our other family members there. I remember us at the hospital waiting room telling like my cousins and stuff how awesome this movie was, how funny. Like it was literally like at the time, I'm like I'm not kidding. Like, and I I grew up going to see a, one or two movies a week. Like, at the time, it was one of the best theatrical experiences I ever had, like, you know, because I was, like, geez, probably 12 when this came out, and, like, you know, that's, like, the perfect age for this humor. Yeah, this was, like, a sleeper, like, no one expected this movie to be as big as it was, like, the writers were already playing, and, like, you know, you're fucking completely writing it off, and, like, how they're gonna get out of the interviews, like, oh, yeah, we actually, uh, we, we weren't involved with that movie, like, fucking just blow it off, but, like, yeah, like, when it came out, it was a hit. Like, it was a real surprise, and, like, fucking, uh, yeah, like, uh, uh, man, uh, there was a factoid I, uh, was gonna bring up, and I, it slipped my mind now, but, like, like, fucking, yeah, it was very, cha- oh, yeah, the test audience, like, the, they did the whole test audience, and apparently it scored, like, a 60 or something really low, and, like, it was really fucking, yeah, they were, they were, they were worried that they, uh, blew money making this. But the thing that's stupid about test sciences is, like, like whatever the type, like, especially when you have, like, a specialty movie. Like, I'm sure if you had, like, a Marvel movie, everybody in the world jacks off to that. But, like, if you have a specialty movie, either a comedy or a horror, like, you're probably going to get bad um, scores or whatever because it's, like, very, people go to a comedy wanting to laugh or they go to a horror movie wanting to be, like, um, scared, you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to get that, like you know the like the really like core crowd of that on just a blind viewing of of the way they round people up to go to the test screening you know what i mean yeah plus since like you give somebody the uh, the amount of power like it could be like oh we have too much power now we know that we get to influence the movie well like i didn't think the comedy was good enough because you didn't have my sense of humor uh here's some jokes you should add in fucking uh, that'd be fucking uh, dank do that pull that shit with the companies exactly now here we have a, a early appearance of uh, Kramer from Seinfeld. Kramer, 
the fucking the man himself, the guy that destroyed his fucking career in the a single night. He did. And, uh, yeah, fucking that. That was a what the fuck was he thinking there? I was actually a big fan of uh, Michael Richards from a little kid because I know you definitely don't remember this, Zach, because this was on I think before you were born. But uh, like back when SNL was still like seen as the shit or whatever like still fairly new within its first 10 or 12 years like there was all these imitator shows and one of them was called fridays and like you came on friday like late friday nights on like a different network and it was just an snl ripoff but michael richards was on it and like as a kid i loved it because he did this skit where he would have like this kind of like diagram of like these army men and he would be like playing around and blowing them up and stuff like i don't know he just played he pretty much played the type of character he plays in this movie just a giant guy who's like a big kid dork you know what i mean but, he's uh, kind of yeah, he's fun on screen. Like yeah, he he played uh, weird, odd characters, and uh, very Chad. Fucking uh, it's kind of fun. I was listening to a podcast recently. I forgot what it was, but they <laughs> they summed it up pretty funny. They were talking about like uh, whenever he did that thing and he tried to do his apology tour, which they do now. But like back then, it, like him and uh, Jerry Seinfeld were on a talk show and they were trying to like ease into it like he was going to come on the screen and apologize but like everybody, it was really awkward and everybody's laughing and fucking, at one point Jerry Simon was like stop laughing fucking, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so funny. he's sitting there like it's really it's really weird to watch but like I remember some podcasts they summed it up perfectly they were like he was trying to apologize and they were laughing that's just how funny Kramer was fucking, even when he's uh, apologizing for being racist he's fucking still getting laughs and it was like that. that's a perfect way to describe very Chad yeah, I want to talk about the director because he's on screen right now. The guy playing the dad, Dennis Dugan, he was like an actor. For some reason, I always had him associated as being with SNL, but I don't think he really did. But the reason I think that is like he started out as like an actor in movies. Like he had little bit parts and like things like The Howling and Can't Buy Me Love. But then he became mm-hmm. a director. This was his first movie he directed. And like check this out. Like he like later on he did Happy Gilmore, Beverly Hills Ninja, Big Daddy. One of your favorites, Saving Silverman. Saving Silverman, that's a, a classic that I'm excited. It's getting a Blu-ray release, and hopefully it's the R-rated version. Hopefully. Benchwarmers, Pronounce You Chuck and Larry, You Don't Mess With the Zohan, Grown Ups, Just Go With It, Jack and Jill, Grown Ups too. So pretty much, like, after his first couple of movies, like, I just, because uh, I knew he was, like, strongly associated with Adam Sandler's company. Like, he pretty much just worked nonstop as a director once he got hooked up with Sandler. And I'm sure that probably mm-hmm. had to come from, because he did this Problem Child movie, right? You know? Fucking, I don't know why. Like, if I was Adam Sandler and I'm an up-and-coming, like, comedic actor, and they asked me who I want to fucking have direct of all my vehicles. Look at that. Fucking, uh, our boy right there. He, he's doing one of those night white nationalist things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, he's really into it, huh? He is fucking. He's smiling, and he is a he is playing. He's running for mayor in this movie, and like, yeah, they set him up as like the guy that doesn't believe anything he says. Like fucking talking about like, oh yeah, fucking I'll buy my my shit. It's fucking all American. That means American jobs. And then he's like, or immediately he's like, I'm selling the company. Fucking yeah, who cares? Fucking. Uh, he, he doesn't seem to uh, care at all. And fucking, yeah, it's setting our boy up, our boy Big Ben. And, the, well, Big Ben's his dad, but fucking little Ben Healy, very Chad. He's going to fucking show up and uh, save the day, basically. Meet fucking Junior. You know how some actors get typecast as being, like, the sleazy, greasy villain or just, like, a cop or something like that? I feel like fucking mm-hmm. Jack Warden has played the old man business owner in about a hundred fucking movies. <laughs> 
Exactly. Fucking, I remember seeing him in an early episode of Twilight Zone, and that was like the oddest thing because it was like fucking. He isn't playing like the same character he always plays, and he was way younger, very Chad. Now we haven't really talked about like this whole early part before they adopt Junior. He's just in the orphanage, and he's always fucking around playing tricks on the the nuns and shit. I gotta say that's like probably my least favorite part of the movie like i really didn't laugh at any of this shit and like you know like you're always like oh like a little nervous because like i'm sure i probably saw this movie one other time like on cable or regular tv on afternoon or something but like i really don't really remember seeing this movie since the theater so like you're like oh 30 years later is this gonna be any good i found this movie to be literally just as good as when i originally watched it like i was actually laughing by myself but the nun yeah but the nun shit was just like it was kind of cringe. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe there's an easing into it period. But like, yeah, fucking. Yeah, I was thinking before we started, like before I watched this uh, to get ready. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I like the second one uh, way more than the first one. And then watching, it, it's like, oh, this is like, and definitely, I don't like it way more. It's like fucking, yeah. they're, they're pretty on par. Fucking, like it just gets so fun and ridiculous when he like, like he, he takes them, you know camping and the bear shit and then like taking them uh, my favorite is yeah but you, you, either the birthday party or the fucking uh taking them uh, to play baseball that's probably the fucking <laughs> where it really hits the uh the fucking wall with how uh, over the top goofy it gets and it's funny because you could just re-edit this movie and probably make a horror movie version of it oh yeah change yeah, the change score the, <laughs> change the music yeah <laughs> apparently originally it was pitched that way and then it kind of got uh, rewritten as a comedy uh, at some point. And uh, there were some, like, uh, there was different, like, reports of it. But, like, as, uh, I read some things that were saying, like, oh, yeah, it was changed. You know, it was changed from, a, like, a, a, a dark comedy to, like, a more comedy in the script right process. But some I was reading, it was like, oh, no, they brought in uh, the original edit was more like, a, you know, a dark, uh, a dark comedy. But, like, they re-edited it. They brought in... Uh, you know, like everybody did the reshoot. Excuse me. Yeah, like I um, I'm kind of surprised to hear that because the movie is shot so fucking bright, like like porno bright lighting. Like it totally reminds me of like all the comedies always looked like that back then. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like it was definitely never supposed to be straight horror, but definitely like dark comedy. And then they kind of changed it one last time. Maybe that was part of that uh, you know, test audience screen. They were like, oh, we don't get it. Yeah, like, I think maybe they were like, oh, if we just, like, not really change the movie, but they're like, oh, maybe if we just, you know, put it a certain way or put certain music, we can make it more kid-friendly. Because, like, back then there was, like, kind of goofy movies that were meant for kids, and there was, like, comedies meant for adults that would, like, always star, like, Richard Dreyfuss and shit, you know what I mean? Whereas, like, maybe mm-hmm. this was, like, a tweener when they were making it. They're like, oh, this would just be a comedy for people to go see. And then, like, once they saw the ed you know the the dailies or whatever they're like oh we could really make this silly for kids you know what i mean yeah uh, i want to say that i'm thinking right i'm not thinking of a different movie but i'm it, it sounds weird now like yeah. thinking like thinking of this as any other way as how it plays but like yeah maybe i'm getting across with another i'm pretty sure it was in the trivia i was reading before this like look, look, look how fucking cornball he is how he acts very loud very like he's on a commercial set <laughs> that's what's and gilbert godfrey gilbert godfrey was another guy that i loved as a kid just because his voice was so obnoxious you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i remember he, he would always do these little cameos in sitcoms or, or movies like he would only be in one scene in a movie mm-hmm. 
Look, I remember when I found out that this whole thing he does was a shtick. I, I actually felt like I found out Santa Claus wasn't real. Yeah. Like it, it was one of those things. Like he doesn't really talk like that. Fucking, he's not that whiny and high pitched in real life. Yeah, okay, that's when kind of when he lost all his sex appeal. Exactly. That's when he wasn't a stud anymore. Fucking, uh-uh. there's some days I wake up and I I look up at role models like fucking Godfrey and like fucking like a uh, like I'll try to like imagine what they do and like I'm having I'm finding myself a lot this uh, these days asking like what would Josh Saunders do? Oh yeah. Fucking, uh, writing that down on my fucking uh, I want to carve that in my chest and fucking live by it, baby. I finally I finally watching the started watching the second documentary about him and I realized the F and JFS he says stands for Faye. Oh yeah, very Chad. What a what a fucking well hung Chad. Exactly. I mean, like uh, usually when I ask what would fucking Josh Saunders do, I'm like, oh, he would definitely fucking order a pizza from Domino's and then add a bunch of stuff on top of it and then like try to re you know uh, cook it and then like end up having to throw it away because it's too fucking <laughs> doughy. It didn't cook all the way through. Exactly. And the thing is, when uh, Stephanie first met him at Job Course, she knew he was the bad boy at Job Course. That was the whole reason, exactly. you know, because people would say, oh, bad boy, yeah. yeah, people say, oh, that's just Saunders right there. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's very Chad. No, we, we missed a pretty funny scene right there. Later, basically, it's setting up that, like, yeah, she just wants a kid just to, as, you know, as fashion accessory, basically, to get invited to all these places. And uh, she, uh, yeah, they basically just found out that the, they're infertile. Uh, and so they get home, and he's trying to turn around and, like, oh, yeah, let's adopt a kid. And, like, he's, oh, yeah, we don't have to worry about, like, raising a baby, all the crying and all that bullshit. We're just going to have a kid. We're going to get to go right to the good stuff right to the parties and like she's uh but yeah that's what they're doing in this scene but uh, before that he's she's like fucking uh yeah we're never gonna have a kid it's just you and me together forever and she walks off and he winces at that so it's already setting up like this is a kind of a cartoony kind of movie like they they exist in a cartoon universe where it's like fucking you know they they don't love each other but they're just doing this they're hanging out and fucking yeah so basically you don't care so much uh, whenever uh fucking he ends up getting cocked by fucking uh kramer basically and yeah fucking his, okay. his, his wife gets stolen I was going to say, you know, like, this movie really, like, was eye-opening to me, you know, being, you know, an older movie that related directly into a current, you know, atmosphere of our country, was in much like how New Year's Evil felt like it was a man fighting back for men's rights, I felt like this was a horror story, uh, not so much about a little boy gone bad or whatever, but more about a, a grown man who was living out his final days of his life before he would become a cuck. Exactly. But fucking, I would I would pay to see fucking Amy Asbag fucking. Oh, of course. Fucking anybody. Uh, yeah. It doesn't have to be Kramer, but Kramer is a plus. I was gonna he's say if you, if you look man. up recent uh, photos, she's one of those ladies that uh, somehow when she hit a new decade in her age, she got hotter and hotter. Amazing. And they were really married in real life, I think. Yeah. John Ritter and her. I thought they were married to like later though, like years after this movie. I mean, they might have been dating during this movie. I'm not sure, but. They might have, yeah, and they they were uh, together till he passed away, even. Yeah, unfortunately. I remember he was uh, one of those celebrities. I actually, I remember I cried when he died. I remember uh, turning to TV land and watching like uh, they had a, a celebration day where they a bunch of stuff. Like he was on. I watched. Uh, I was Sad. a big fan of Three Scotty. Yeah, look at that. Jack Tripper. There's a Nazi. 
There's a fucking pen. Uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. There's about. like a lot of dark shit in this movie, like uh, you know the whole infertility thing and just like the kid being thrown. By the way, like that one part when uh, Junior was living in the trailer and then he bulldozes the trailer. That was a great puppet that was bouncing back and forth in the cockpit <laughs> of that tra- of that bulldozer. There's, there's another great puppet scene. Whenever uh, later on we'll see. Well, like I always love that scene where he's like, "Hey, Warden, catch!" Fucking throws yeah, the, the, the dumbbell at the warden. Very yeah, Chad. Very Chad. Fucking, and that sets up basically. Uh, so, uh, Junior's, uh, he, he's been uh, watching TV at the orphanage, and he, he's a big fan of the bow tie killer. He's, yeah. He takes a bow tie off of one of those fucking, uh, what are they called? Little buddies? Or yeah, it looks like that. a Chucky doll, but it's like the real life version of Chucky that Chucky ripped off. Yeah, apparently. Apparently those didn't actually come with a fucking uh, uh, tie. Fucking, yeah. oh, where the hell did that come from? So it was written as a plot device. It didn't even make sense. Very Chad. You know, it's but, unfortunate that they didn't have the corporate synergy going yet, um, uh, Zach. But uh, imagine, because like, a lot of people don't realize Chucky started out, Child's Play was at MGM, and then like somebody took over, and they're like, oh, we don't need this shit, and they booted it over, the rights over to Universal. So, like, I don't know exactly, because I, I think Child's Play 2 came out, so it probably was just too early. But imagine if they could have done the synergy where, like, he took the actual Chucky doll out of the, the toy box or whatever. Oh, yeah. That would have been great. Get calmed. He, he almost looks like a real-life Chucky doll, the kid. He does. He, yeah. Right there, whenever they're like, oh, he looks uh, fucking very, very bouncy in his little bow tie. It's like, fucking, I just noticed, like, why did they desaturate the, desaturate the picture? And uh, <laughs> basically just to make the the red bow tie stand out. It's like, fucking, how did, I, that's the shit you notice as a grown-up. I, I wish I could go back to watch this as a kid and not notice shit like that. Very, very, but it's funny too because yeah, he's basically like, oh yeah, the bow tie killer, he's my hero. He's writing letters to him, and so the, the bow tie killer getting it, and uh, he doesn't realize that Junior is a child. He he's talking to him like, oh yeah, fucking up my boy Jr. He's he's in he's locked up too. He's fucking doing time, but he's talking about the orphanage. So, yeah, and, like he never explained to him that he's a seven year old kid. So he thinks like this guy's crazier than I am. Fucking so yeah, whenever he gets out of the pen later, he fucking breaks out. He's gonna go pay fucking. Junior visit. They're gonna they're gonna eat smiley pies till we drop. <laughs> yeah. That is kind of weird that a serial killer wants to break out of jail so he can go hang out with another guy. Exactly like a Henry Lee Lucas fucking type of thing. Henry Porter of serial killer. He's just like, I'm gonna meet my Otis and we're gonna go on a fucking spree, baby. Yeah, we're gonna both wear bow ties. I like too that like they never bothered to visit with Junior before they adopt him. They just adopt the shit out of him right here. Exactly. He looks like a fucking uh, kid. He was just like, oh, I'd adopt. He looks like a nice enough little kid. He's such a cute little kid. He just want to give him a nuggie. He just want to give him a nuggie. And he's just like fucking. He's just like he's he's hiding the fucking de- that devil shit, baby. Heaven. And uh, I noticed uh, while watching it another little cynical thing you don't notice until you're an adult. Like he he comes out and he's like, can you imagine a guy wearing all this blue? They put an overdub yeah. just because you know that during those test audience like they didn't pick up that like oh he he said his favorite color is blue because he he, he you know he was able to put it together because he's wearing a blue shirt a blue hat and all like they just added that to fucking make the joke even easier to understand exactly like it's so obvious he just says it because he's playing 
Ritter is a sucker, but they're like, I was, yeah, I wonder if that, if that, because the explanation or the, the voiceover, like some of it is like trying to be funny, but a lot of it is just like, let's spell this out for all the little kids in the audience. <laughs> it's possible. It's very possible. But fucking, you can't fucking, fucking like, I don't know. Fucking, sometimes it makes it even funnier. I'm just hearing this yeah. little shit yelling at you, yeah. yelling at you through voiceover. <laughs> and them constantly <laughs> trying to back him up away from the microphone. <laughs> Why are you fucking screaming? Screaming kid. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Jay, golly! <laughs> that line right there was probably the quietest line he gets in the whole movie. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't believe this, too, that he, he sells the kid on the same shit that he sold the wife on. He's like, oh, the baby, you, you could get a dud, but with you, oh, we know we're getting a great... Like, you don't tell that to the kid, you don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, speaking of 100% legit was... Uh, Maybe it was just because I was watching a bunch of JFS around the time when I watched this movie the other night. But I was, like, looking at the kid, and I was like, you know, if they did, like, a, you know how they do these sequels now 30 years later, and they have a grown-up version. If he didn't get the original, because the original guy really, like, I mean, you can tell it's him growing up now, but he don't really look a lot like he did when he was a kid. And I was yeah. trying to think, who would, like, look like this kid growing up? And I started really thinking that the the King Cobes looks a lot like this kid, like a grown up version, because like they got the same kind of like rounded eyes, and like the nose is very similar in the the mouth. And uh, King Cobes, if you watch his older shit when he was Gothic King Cobra documentary, he actually had like his normal hair color was red. Mm-hmm. Very Chad. Fucking what a what a king that uh-huh. fucking that man. It, it's hard to like sit here and actually sit down and watch this movie and talk about it when you know there's all those YouTube videos waiting for you, all those sockets. <laughs> exactly. Fucking the, the key. oh, here's this is good. Fucking, yeah. he just said the he just said the R word. You can't yeah. say that now. Can't say R word now. Yeah. I gotta, it, it, there's something I miss about it. It's like it's so fucking it's so yeah. like wholesome the way people it used is. to throw that around very lightheartedly. Fucking it's it's very uh, uh very leave it to beaver esque almost. Wait, I, I long for it. Well, if you watch a lot of movies through the '80s and you get to right where this movie is at, the, like literally 1990, you know, shot in '89 but come out in '90. But if you watch through the '80s, like even kids' movies like Monster Squad and stuff. The big thing to call everybody was the F word. And it was like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be calling people that. Let's switch to the R word for the 90s. Exactly. Okay. Just pick another small group of people to fucking, uh, you know, subjugate. Fucking with a, with a derogatory language, basically. By the I'm way, I, I love the earlier scene uh, when they were sitting in the house where uh, he was, like, trying to convince the, the wife to to adopt a kid and he's like oh we should you know spend our time with a kid and not with all these stupid pets and like they literally have one bird and one cat like the lowest yeah. maintenance pets ever oh and a goldfish i think too <laughs> yeah like maybe that was like a uh, fucking different the script it just got yeah. left over and they forgot they took most of the fucking <laughs> one of those things were like oh yeah we took out all the fucking thing we didn't really we got tunnel vision forgot that we left in a line that uh, called out we had a bunch of fucking other animal like maybe she was uh, originally a crazy cat lady something yeah. but i i always love this scene too where uh fucking big ben sees little junior for the first time and he comes out and he's like uh, well no he's like he, oh that's on fire fuck junior and then like when he finally comes out he's like i was scared he's just like little fuck is lying he sees right through it i know quick. But, well, and it's funny because he's like technically he's right 
because he's like, you need to fucking like, uh, you know, worry about that kid. Fucking technically, he's right, but he's right for all the wrong reasons. I remember that was like the funniest sight gag when I saw the movie. Was like, he's like, oh, this little angel, whatever, and he opens the door and all the flames are in there. That was like the funniest fucking thing. That had to have been like if I was now re-editing this movie came out today, right? And I'm the guy that makes the trailers. That's how I'm opening the fucking trailer. Like nice, wholesome sounding music. That scene basically just plays through unedited. And then he fucking opens it. Fucking John Junior! Fucking cut to quick cut the cat flying out. Very Chad. Fucking right away, I'm just like, oh, hell yeah, I want to watch this movie. Very Chad. And they just throw the fucking cat. Power Chad. That was something, uh, I guess, uh, some animal rights people got mad because, like, the poster had, uh, it has a cat. Well, no, that was for part two. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, the poster on this one, it had the cat with, like, things around his uh, paws as he's walking by because yeah. they, they, they mocked the, uh, the, the Parenthood cover. So, right. like, he's holding them upside down and stuff like that. But in part two, he had the cat in the washer-dryer. And, like, yeah, the fucking the, the animal rights, they were angry about that and the, the scene where he threw the cat at him at the grandpa and fucking yeah they, they they were not happy i gotta say watching this again obviously it didn't bother me the first time seeing it because when i first saw this movie i had no experience with cats as a kid I always had dogs but mm-hmm. uh yeah like i, I must be a, a animal rights sjw because like i didn't like that shit i didn't like him feeding the soap to the cat and then and then before mm-hmm. he i mean obviously it's a dummy cat that he gets throws at the old man so that don't matter but when he like grabs the real cat he grabs it so fucking hard by the neck i'm like oh yikes <laughs> Fucking, that's maybe that's more black comedy. So yeah. like, yeah, fuck. I always love this scene. He's fucking. I see pink flowers and fucking. That guy's like, he's lying. You know what's funny is like, we realize that this is done basically to kind of evaluate like uh, your mental capacity. Like, are yeah. you, like, do you have deep uh, violence? Do you are you likely to see violence? Like, if as long as the criminal knows that, can't they just do this? Can't they just lie? Or is it just one of those things that's like, no, it's so subconscious you wouldn't be able to fucking, you can't fake that you're seeing, like, uh, fucking, uh, you, you Spread know, legs great, and shit. Yeah, yeah. five-head shit, basically. We need to jump back a second and talk about Junior's room that was full of all the clown shit. Like, he even had a clown-themed bathroom. They gave him, like, the master fucking bedroom in the house. But, um... The best was that one like box, and it's like they show it in the when in the background where he's standing there. But it's like a a big animatronic thing of like a clown. <laughs> he looks mm-hmm. like he's like rolling around on his back, coming over and over. Did you notice? That? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> he's just know. rolling around, like he's on his back with his legs spread, rolling around like in a circular <laughs> motion. It's really perverse looking, especially after it gets kind of like burned up partially. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is something I didn't notice until like uh, reading the trivia. Is uh, all those self-help books that Ben Healy's reading throughout the movie? Uh, they all the the back of them have the author on it, and they're all pictures of him with different like disguise oh, really? things on, that. like a beard. And I didn't notice that on the Blu-ray presentation, but the Blu-ray presentation you can really see all the hairs coming out of the wart on the nun's forehead in the orphanage. Exactly. I was like, I never noticed that wart was fucking hairy, and it looks even more like a big booger now. Yeah, it's oh, really yeah. gross. Exactly. Well, what would you think, though? If you were Big Ben Hilly and you see this little shit, this fucking redheaded chud of a kid wearing a fucking bow tie, what do you think? Like, you're going to pick on him, right? I mean, not if I adopted him, I guess. I like here where, where they find the the 
uh, Ben Healy's stash of gay porn, and he's all embarrassed at the little kids seeing it. Yeah, they try to play it off like, oh, this is my wife. So yeah. Like, oh, yeah. But meanwhile, he's getting all hot and bothered. But, uh, yeah, like, like especially this scene, if I was Mr. Healy, like, I would think he was, like, going through the drawers to rob me or something. Oh, yeah, fucking little shit. Fucking gonna steal your all your good shit, all your dang shit. Fucking, he's gonna smoke your whole sack up and get the fuck, he's gonna bounce. I would ask him, though, like, why the fuck are you wearing a bow tie with your pajamas? Like, I think this is the little fuck that grew up to be Tucker, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> he could be. <laughs> he's still a problem child, just fucking the, in a completely different way. The Tucker. Tucker Carlson. Yeah. That's what I want to see. I want to see a fucking porno where fucking chicks getting banged and Tucker Carlson sitting there watching. That's uh, that. Is, see, I have a list of possible potential porn names, and that's one I should add. Tucker Carlson. I got. Cucker I thought of. Uh, yeah. What was it? I Cucker Carlson. Queefer Sutherland. Oh. Roger Adultery. Like there, there's some good ones. I thought of. I was, I was patting one. myself on the back. Exactly. If you're a Plato-file, your name would be Pete Townsend. Mm. Fucking Pete Townsend. Yeah, but by the way, uh, paying tribute to Junior's hair color here, I'm drinking some uh, Mountain Dew Major Melon sugar-free. Chad. It's getting me crunked and making my brain turn off. I'm going to autopilot. I'm just going to start throwing out some random uh, factoids and shit here. It's getting you base and red pilled. Mm-hmm. I like how this little girl comes out of the car and like she's like four years old and she does like a fucking curtsy from 1932. <laughs> yeah, she the way she her line readings is really weird too. Like uh, the way she says, uh, "Fucking uh, the man that cremated Uncle Leo." You could tell she doesn't know what cremated means. They're just yeah. telling her a line to say, so she says it all awkward. And it's like fucking. I remember as a kid never knowing what she said there because of the way she says it. Like that's the day have a kid. She's very. She's almost like she's fighting to stay up while she's giving the lines. And the, this this woman here with this women's version of a bowl haircut. A lot of people don't know this movie's very influential. That's where Kate Blanchett got her uh, character look from for Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, right there. Oh yeah, yeah. Very Louis Christmas too. Very the female yeah. Louis Christmas. But I don't know what's worse, the bangs that are, like, not perfectly even like that or the pains that are perfectly even. Like, fucking, what just it looks more disturbing? Like, like yeah. straight out of a David Lynch film. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? You immediately feel like something's off. I know. I don't know why, but, like, it, like I'm looking at it now. It's totally not, but, like, I feel like the, the wife is in, like, some weird safari gear right here. Yeah, she's got a weird fashion sense, but she is very Stacy. Very, very Stacy. Yeah. And fucking our boy, our our boy John Ritter is very Chad, but like fucking yeah. he gets challenged by uh, another fucking guy that comes in and just steal. But he's like he's just he's so fed up that he doesn't even care. He's just like fucking uh, fuck it. Fuck, so long, Junior Flo. I'm so sad to see you go. Very great scene. Where he's just, but then like he sees a, a picture and it's like, oh, he always liked me, and then all of a sudden he loves his son again. I like. I always wonder when they show the neighbor across the street and he's trying to like walk towards the street. He's doing his like, dino line talk, and like a cat wanders out of like nowhere. And he has to like exactly. kick it out of the way. <laughs> just... We were, we were talking about how this Blu-ray has no special features, and <laughs> no. you know it's like I got the Blu-ray here. I'm reading it. The tagline was for this movie was Attila the Hun. 
Ivan the Terrible, Al Capone. They were all seven once. That's a wow. fucking, that's a great tagline for this very Chad. But like, yeah, I was going to say, there is like deleted scene footage that exists of this because this is one of those movies where if you catch it on cable or like some kind of one of those channels where they, you know, they add commercials. Pad it and, out, yeah. Yeah, pad it out. Like there is some uh, deleted scene. Like I remember there was like a scene where he was flying like a model plane or something. I remember mm. seeing there, uh, there was like a reoccurring uh, subplot going on with uh, fucking the, the, one of the neighbors getting really pissed off because Junior, or, or they kept letting the cat pee in the fucking flower bed. And, like, the only remaining thing of that in the official movie is whenever uh, he, uh, you know, he's going to save Junior, he's, he takes his buddy's super dad hat, puts it on, and as he's leaving, he, he makes a, a point to deliberately drive over that lady's fucking flower uh, there's one last fuck you, but like uh, most of us cut out. I noticed this too. I always noticed this as a kid, but I noticed it uh, uh, really too as an adult. Uh, it's not yet, but when it happens, I'll bring it up. It's fucking. It, it, I'm sure you notice it too, because it's it's a great little fucking observation. It is. It is. I like this <laughs> tent set that they got going on here. It's just like a giant plastic bag. Oh yeah. <laughs> that fucking... they filmed inside of. <laughs> That's a man's tent. Yeah. Fucking no bells and whistles. Just like, do what you gotta do. Just sleep in a garden. I feel like exactly. the, the neighbor guy that he's friends with or whatever, I feel like this is like the guy that they had to get when um, Randy Quay dropped out. Possibly. Oh, yeah, he got it. <laughs> now, this, see, did you notice that this is where the cucking begins? See, the guy gives himself a hat that says Super Dad, but he gives. Uh, Jack Tripper hat that only says dad on it. Yeah, he looks super like, oh, thanks, Roy. But you could tell it got to him a little bit. Because, like, yeah, when he comes back and steals that off his head before he goes and saves Junior, it's like a fucking a defining moment for our boy. Big, then, look at that kid. That kid with the little hat on mm-hmm. right there. He's, like, lo- clearly looking at the crew and, like, looking yeah. for approval. Like, clapping, like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> He's more but, lost than... <laughs> then the kid that plays junior it drove me nuts that tent in the background where they hang like big like fisher price plastic fish off of that are like neon colored why would you bring that camping that's so stupid <laughs> uh, right there look look how yeah. smooth that stream is it looks like it's like um it don't even look like a stream of piss coming out it looks like a like a wire that's just hanging there <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's fucking smooth as silk. Baby. You know what it looks like? It's like the the oil dipstick from the car. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's smooth as silk. It was like liquid gold. It, it almost looked like the fucking butter you get on your popcorn. Like they fucking put over like the little fucking machine. It's a fucking velvety baby. Now this scene's great when uh, Junior lures the bear to the campsite to wreck it and chase everybody. But, like, there is one establishing shot in the scene. They cut away quick, but they actually did put that kid about six feet in front of a real bear with a big piece of raw meat. <laughs> Fucking back when uh, yeah. men were allowed to be men and boys were allowed to be boys. Fucking, they don't give a shit about these damn fucking uh, regulations. Fucking, fucking you, you know the bear attacks the kid? It'll give the kid some air on his chest. Fucking, it'll, it'll make, a man, uh, make a man out of him. Speaking of which, going all the way back to the beginning of the movie, Zach, did you notice when they're carrying Junior in the big basket when he's older, like the arms and legs look disturbingly old, like <laughs> like an eighty year old dwarf that was in the Wizard of Oz or something? Possibly, yeah. I never, I never noticed. <laughs> there's like some insert shots. Uh, I forget where they are, but there's some insert shots. Oh, I think it's in the birthday party scene coming up where they they show Junior's hands and it's a grown man's hands. 
<laughs> yeah, I never noticed. I like uh, some of these shots too of the bears. Like you can clearly tell it's a different like guy in a suit. Yeah. The bears like way bulkier, fucking. And yeah. then a guy in a suit actually comes. So it's like fucking. It's almost like a meta thing. Like fucking, the movie is acknowledging that a guy in a bear, and that he he's convinced by it. But then it's an actual guy in the bear that that is part of the, the convincing bear. Uh, fucking very five head shit again. Like whenever you look at this, there there were some deep deeper levels going on in the making of this film. Well, I think the thing is funny. I guess we should kind of break that down a little cleaner and explain to people not following along with the Blu-ray. Is the neighbor dad has a like a like a really stiff fake bear suit that he's going to like climb into and scare the kids later. And I guess Junior knows that, so he lures a real bear there. So when the real bear shows up, uh, Jack Tripper, Mister Healy, thinks it's just his friend and his neighbor in a bear suit. But then it, it transitions in that scene from a from a an actual bear to when he's attacking obviously John Ritter. They need a guy in a fake bear suit. But what's mm-hmm. weird is the fake bear suit that's supposed to be the real bear looks faker than the fake bear suit that's supposed to be fake. <laughs> the only way you can tell them the the difference is like the fake bear suit. It's like they switch the costumes on the day. The fake bear suit, the guy's walking with his arms out like Frankenstein, so you know it's the guy. But the bear that's supposed to be. <laughs> That's, like like the 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 fake real bear. I'm getting confused now. The fake real bear, <laughs> he his his movement is better. Like it's more convincing. It's more bear like, mm. but his costume is worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could have been a mix up. Maybe yeah. somebody pulled a junior on the set, like in part two, <laughs> when he switches the fucking forearms outside the doctor's office, and and Luana gets the big giant nose. Like he yeah. probably was fucking on the set doing shit hijinks in this movie too. Very Chad. Fucking, that, see, that's how fucking smart the the makers. I love this scene right here where he just casually pops the balloon and keeps yeah. walking. They had to put like a needle or something there, right? Because there's no <laughs> way that that plastic pitchfork would uh, <laughs> pop the thing. Right? The way he walks away like nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the best scene of the movie right there. I mean, because kids do that, and you notice they do that. Yeah. They fucking walk away like they, like they're they're sure you didn't notice that. Like, I know. <laughs> fucking little shit. Yeah. Fucking the grandpa, he must have broke his neck trying to suck his own dick or something because he's wearing one of those big things, those foam well, things. Well, the cat the jumped on him. He fell down the stairs. But see, this is kind of harsh too because he he gets there. He was invited, like she's already from the beginning. Like you're not even a real kid. You're you're adopted. And like they're just like, they pick on a kid for this shit. Like fucking, it never fails, man. Kids are they're they're cruel. They're cruel. But yeah, yeah this he's not even adopted. He's not even a real kid. Fucking uh, so harsh. I thought that was so stupid. How could somebody not be a real kid? <laughs> that it doesn't make sense. But that's how kids are. Very Is low. This- <laughs> this is like the movie Daryl where they find out he's a fucking android. <laughs> exactly. This is funny too. She steps on and is like thing, oh, this is my party, you can't go out. And like we know that the mom would have noticed that and made her let him come out. But like fucking uh, we needed this scene, baby, because it's pretty soon our boy John Ritter, he's gonna come in, he's gonna introduce the fucking prune. Yeah, a prune. It's it fucking. It's amazing. I remember as a kid watching this, watching part two. I was like, "How does he never bring up the prune again? He never brings up that prune. He talks about it like it's so fucking special in the first movie, and then he never brings it up again. That's a little weird. Even if it's like, well, he already serves prune. You think they'd bring it up? You see, fucking maybe he has it on his mantle, like uh, as he's sleeping one night. But like, no, it's like fucking. The only reason the prune exists in this is it's a fucking plot device for the end of the movie. 
Yeah. <laughs> fucking where he gets shot by our boy Kramer and it hits him in the prune. And see, that's another thing about being cynical and an adult. It's like the only reason the prune exists in the movie <laughs> is so that he can uh, not get shot. And that's a big ass fucking prune cone. It looks like one of the California raisins almost. Well, another thing, too, a lot of people don't know how influential this movie was on other films that came afterwards was Quentin Tarantino actually based the gold watch scene with Christopher Walken on this prune scene here. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. You only saw like literally the back of him, but they make a big deal about this clown. They must have money to burn because they have this clown doing magic tricks out there. Look, you just see his back. You don't even see what it is, but that's actually famed clown actor Mustafa Gregario doing the clown shit out there. Dog. Yeah, but they didn't even show it, so it's it's a waste. I guess Maybe that's why later. Yeah. yeah. I thought, see, I thought I, this I was, was just, funny. <laughs> this montage. Yeah. I was going to say, this movie kind of plays like a fucking anthology, where it's yeah. just like, oh, bad kid is going to cause, there's going to be a couple set pieces where he cause things to go horribly wrong. And it kind of does play like that, like the bear scene, then this scene, then the fucking, uh, the, you know, the, the big uh, fair scene or the whatever it's called. Mm. Fucking Chad shit. I like that that was like one of the things that he sabotaged the party was he, the kid playing pin and tail and donkey he pushed him in the other way so he stuck the big needle in the lady's ass like mm. i played that exact same version of that game at parties when i was a kid it's like it was just a sticker that's why he didn't mm. put a pin because any blindfolded kid could stab somebody with it yeah now look at this like he's not just yeah the hand the hand looked weird. yeah that, yeah that's the man's hand right there yeah Probably because a kid uh, can only be on set for so long, and it's like, well, we can shoot those anytime. So, but like, yeah, I was gonna say, like, this is—he's doing shit, and it's just showing her reaction, like, ah, oh, yeah. drat it. And it's very like fucking like lighthearted, but it's like this happening in real life. The parents would be fucking pissed. They would be yeah. ready to kill this kid. Like, that's like, the thing. She knows all the shit he's doing. She's seeing it. So, like, why wouldn't this be put a, a stop, put it to it earlier? You know exactly. He just cut a little kid's hair. Like, if I would have done that to my sister growing up, I would have gotten so much fucking trouble. That, like, even I played jokes, but even I knew, like, you, yeah. you don't do that. Holy shit. Well, that's another thing. Like, he he runs a sprinkler all the way through the house. Nobody notices it. There's a big garden <laughs> spring and garden hose going through this whole fucking house. But, like, that was another thing, too, is the scene where he got all sad because he wasn't allowed to go out and see Mustafa Gregorio do the magic tricks. Is, um, I kind of didn't. That was, like, the only false, really, moment of the movie. Is like, I didn't buy it for a second that this little shit who, like, acts bad on purpose all the time would, like, actually get his feelings hurt by that shit. If anything, it would just make him do some more bad shit, like, right on the spot, not really sit around and be sad about it, you know? Yeah. Look at him. That's a gift waiting to happen, him in the fucking devil suit. Oh, yeah. What time you on right now? Let's see. Let me find the remote. I am on 47 minutes, 56 seconds. All right, mine likes... Uh, skipped a little bit. Yeah. Like, Very weird. He's all like pissed. Junior's praying. Which is funny because it's so obvious that he just slams the door open and he hears, and like the door slams open and Junior's still giving this prayer. Please, Mr. Haley's a good man and blah, blah, blah. Like, fucking, it's so obvious this kid's put on an act. Exactly. He's got it all figured out. I just I don't want to cause Mr. Healy any trouble. Yeah. He's the only one that likes me. It's like fucking, he, he's got him wrapped around his finger, baby. Fucking our boy Ben Healy, he really want, he's really, uh, hard to say. He is. 
I like too that they don't even. It almost looks like the. Uh... Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I like how they don't even have a, like, a TV in their living room, but Junior's got his own like twenty-five inch TV. <laughs> fucking Chad, he's got the fucking house all. The... Like basically, yeah, they were like fucking. We got this kid. We're gonna fucking. He he showed up. He he knew how it was done. Like fucking, I get the fucking TV. I get fucking, and you know, fucking make make sure like the bathroom's close to my room. I don't want to fucking walk around the house fucking the night and shit. Fucking make sure like you know fucking all this shit is close to me, baby. Because Mr. Healy, like, works at a sporting goods store and shit, like, on the weekend, I feel like his friends want to come over, drink beer, watch a football game, they all got to pile into this little kid's clown-themed bedroom. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. sit on the floor drinking beer, watching that TV. Fucking imagine when he's a teenager and he's into chicks and stuff, his friends come over, it's like, fucking, uh, yeah, come hang out in my clown room. Fucking, it's, it's good shit. Lay in my clown bed. This Smiley Pies box is the fakest fucking thing you've ever seen. <laughs> It looks like yeah. just a giant sticker put on the front. What time are you on now? Let's see. It is 49.57. It's about to be 50 minutes right now. All right, tell me when you get to 50.50. All right. For some reason, my... Yeah, it's like my my thing buffers, but it's like it's from my fucking... I ripped the disc. Like, what are you buffering for? Yeah, it's, it's playing it back in the... British mode. I like too how, how he uh, he took everything is clown based. He took a, a circus poster off the wall and he poked holes in it, held it up. You couldn't really tell because the camera was too far away, but he was using it as like a mask to walk out. <laughs> like the cops aren't going to be suspicious of a guy hiding behind a clown poster. <laughs> exactly, fucking. He's the, he's the big king stud. Fucking, mm. he don't even care. He doesn't. What are the cops gonna do? Tell you to remove your picture and fucking clown poster. Exactly. You can't tell me what to do, baby. All right, baby. It's coming up uh, 50-50 right now. Okay, dog. Because uh, we are at the my favorite scene in the movie, my favorite little set piece, where it just goes full on. Like, See, yeah, this, is, this is where like people seeing this back in the day, like kids take, or parents taking their kids, they could have really turned on the movie. They could have been like, well, fucking that, that movie got really mean spirited. They got real pissed, but this movie, it didn't uh, fucking. Uh, it was a hit, baby. But I'm sure there were some people that were, you know, fucking making a uproar. But who? It, it, it didn't. Uh, not enough, baby. Fucking the, the movie's still classic. I thought it was funny too, because you know it's like a, a thing. Always like local businesses, you know, sponsor uh, little league teams. So like, obviously the the. The team that uh, Mr. Healy coaches is from Big Ben Sporting Goods, which his dad owns. But then, like, the other team is just Reebok. Like, Reebok International wants to invest in this fucking whatever suburban little league team. Exactly. And then fucking, yeah, so they start fucking picking on our boy for having the the quintessential TV dad. Like, fucking, you're even going to make fun of fucking John Ritter. As a dad, like that's how you yeah. know. Like fucking back when, when you're a teenager, you go through that phase where like you're embarrassed of your parents. Mm. It's like fuck, you go from being like really super excited, like oh fucking my parents are gonna come and hang out while we eat uh, today at fucking kindergarten. And fucking they're gonna hang out with me when it's gonna be fun. And then like fucking you go through that thing where it's like oh man, fucking uh, I'm not related to you. Fucking uh, all that shit. Fuck, these kids they just latch on to everything. Fucking uh, make fun of you for anything. Even John Ritter. I like the uh, product placement too. They just put like Pepsi fucking vinyl banners up against the fence. <laughs> you would have to mm-hmm. look at it while the kids come up to bat. 
I remember that scene right there, seeing that scene. It always made me kind of want to do that in real life and use this as an excuse. Like, oh, I, I accidentally fucking did and just see what it is. Like, I was a little shit. I was a problem child. Well, you know what's funny is, like, uh, like the bat, it was just like that, but not the bat. But, like, my friend, he still played baseball up through high school. And, like, he played on these, like, uh, sponsored teams or whatever. And, uh, like, I remember going to see, like, uh, one or two of his games. And it was always be at, uh, you know, like a field that had multiple fields. And there'd be a parking lot. And people would always park, like, right there next to the fields. And every game, some kid hit a home run. Because, I mean, we're talking about high school kids age like they can hit a home run every game a fucking ball would go out and smash like i literally saw it twice uh, uh like it looked like a prop in a movie of the uh you know the ball embedded into the windshield mm-hmm. this fucking scene though yeah <laughs> the first time he starts running with the bat then he stops to hit it again and yeah. hits that kid in the chest it's like what the fuck I think it's funny that they cut away because they didn't want any kids to get hurt. They cut away. like He doesn't even get to cock the, the bat back. He just is holding it upright, and then they cut to a kid going, no, and then, like, shit flying up in the air. <laughs> and then this scene, I got something for you. Yeah. You and he get... strategically slides and fucking lifts it up right to fucking just smack him in, and then the kid gets the big cum face. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too, if you look at the legs, it's obviously not that short-ass kid. It's a grown man taking that, that, that bat right into the dick. Mm-hmm. This is funny because this creates an optical illusion. It makes him look whiter because the mm-hmm. people behind him have, like, white pants on, too. Yeah. As, like, growing up and seeing this on VHS, I don't know why I always remember that scene having, like, a weird effect where they, like, make it look like he's going to, like, blow up or something. Mm-hmm. But, like, grow watching this and he's all, it's like, no, there's no effect. It's just, like, the way the camera pans in and the, yeah. it's like an optical illusion behind him. It was weird. I like the callback here to the kid that he helped in the store earlier when he lo- when he still mm. loved kids. He's like, oh, piss off. <laughs> Hell yeah. He helped him buy a canteen earlier. This is the scene where he fucking, he just like took a bat to people on the fucking uh, baseball team. This kid's fucked up. Like, what am I going to do? Like, obviously I was in on my head. I got to fucking do something. He, first he goes to the church and he's basically, he's asking for help there. And then he fucking, yeah, but yeah, our boy, he fucking, he, he's giving him a run for the money, baby. Fucking, he's thinking about, like, what do you do in that point? It's like, fucking, is it like, uh, is there, a, do I get a receipt? Do I get to take the little shit back? I know I was like, fucking, I bought him, and it was like, oh, he's my son now. But it's like, fucking, yeah, like, fucking, that would be weird. I think at this point in real life, you just got to start strangling them in the privacy exactly. of your own home. <laughs> exactly. Strangle them to unconsciousness, keep them asleep for a while. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, too, is this, like, fucking, like, if I, I remember, like, uh, people talk about, like, oh, if I could, if my younger self could meet my fucking, uh, my older self, well, I would kick my own ass, like, and then I was like, man, if my younger self could meet my older self, he'd probably think it was pretty cool. Like, the yeah. only thing I can think of that would make me if ever want to kick my own ass is, like, if I meet my older self and I have a kid, and I'm like, like I'd want to kick my ass, like, why did you do that, fucking idiot? Very low T. Now, I gotta say, I want to comment on something. Like, I don't mean this as a diss on this movie because it's actually the strength of it. But one thing that makes this movie so fun is the acting is like so intentionally bad. <laughs> like throughout the throughout the whole movie, like whatever emotion, like it's so overplayed because it's like over the top comedy. It makes it fun to watch, you know. Mm. And I gotta say, like the act. This is like the one scene where the acting is actually good right here. 
where uh, yeah. Godfrey blurts out that the kids have been returned 30 different times. Like you can see like the look on uh, Ritter's face and the way he plays the rest of the scene. It's like, he actually goes into like actual dramatic acting mode here and he actually like emotionally internalizes it instead of just play acts the way everybody mm-hmm. does in the rest of the movie, which I mean, they should don't your own. That's why the movie's good is because everybody's so over the top and funny, but I actually really enjoy this scene a lot. And I think it kind of, you know, like yeah. this is yeah, a scene he would do that somebody like, you know, else of a, so like, you know, a Tim, whatever, what's the mm. fucker from home improvement, Tim Allen, <laughs> like Tim, Tim Allen, Allen, Tim Allen would not be able to pull this scene off. You know what I mean? They ever remade it. Yeah. Yeah. Or if it was made in 99 instead, yeah. or whatever. Fucking, yeah, this is where we kind of, we we get it. Like, uh, fucking, maybe he's not, maybe he wasn't like a little shit from the beginning. Maybe he became a little shit because, like, all these people were just so quick to give up on him and fucking, you know, throw him off to somebody else. Yeah. And he fucking, he just never, uh, he never had, like, the people to latch on to, babe. And it, it, here's where he gets it. He fucking what the maybe Junior's gonna wake up one day and he's gonna be like, fucking they, these guys do love me and what the hey, I can become president of the United States. Fucking amazing scene. And then he grew up to be Bill Clinton and got blowjobs. Hell yes, fucking see Chad. Whoop whoop. Chad's in the house. Whoop that is. Now this like like we we had like bad to the bone in the beginning, but like this is really like the. Uh, epitome of this kind of like of the time pop culture studio filmmaking like all movies were like this uh back in the day zach when like something needed to happen and they played like a popular pop or rock song so like Mm -hmm. junior drives away in the car and crashes all this shit and like we get to uh you know steppenwolf's um uh, born to be wild you know get your motor run and head on like like it was so stock but that's what like everybody did in movies and like i gotta say it's like something they don't really do in movies anymore because they're too cheap to pay for the rights or whatever but it actually makes shit like this work you know what i mean mm-hmm. this is a fun scene too he's like fucking look at this look at you handle this thing i'm so proud of you such a fucking nice guy that yeah. you can't even fucking yell at him when he's like gonna get in a wreck and fucking kill him and he's stuck on the fucking hood this is the other coming up this is the other really good dummy scene yeah. that, like it's funny because like when you watch this adult and you remember the shot in your mind he's like I don't, I don't remember thinking that was a dummy i just remember it, like, yeah. a, a stunt guy did this scene it was a fucking killer stunt but it's like fucking no it's just a dummy and it's like how, how how did I not remember that? It's like it's, it's so yeah, obviously it's a such dummy. a wooden dummy. Well, it's like actually a real guy there when it goes through the the window though. Mm-hmm. And the guy's just... good because like they got Ritter for a couple things, a couple shots that look good. But yeah, this is the dummy here. I guess you would just be crushed by all them giant containers of. Uh... Yeah, I guess it makes sense. Although now they they would use a real guy because they would be filming this in fucking Bulgaria and where human life is cheap and then the stump person oh. would die and they just be like oh well the insurance covers it oh. fucking hell yeah that's what that's how you do it I guess see little shit like that though kids pulling that kind of shit wrecking your car and all that like that's that's when you kind of understand why Eminem's mom put uh, Clorox in his cereal and shit when he's a kid. Exactly. See, what if they tried to make a movie that makes us sympathize with that, like yeah. the killer mom one day, and <laughs> yeah. fuck, it's really like a dramatic type of like they're getting Oscar buzz, like oh, her, her fucking portrayal of like a, a woman on the end of a rope really, really brought the Academy to tears. Very yeah. Chad. This now, is great though. 
wakes up to him getting ready to smother him. Yeah, like all the graffiti. Like he took the picture of the grandpa, and he somehow turned into Emperor Palpatine from Return of the Jedi. I thought that was funny. But I yeah, didn't notice that. Yeah, it's. It, I swear, I rewound it and freeze framed. It looks just like Palpatine from Return of the Jedi. But it, like, did you notice like the uh, the uh, what do you call it? The they never explain how this front window got broken. It's just broken out. I wonder if that was a deleted scene. Possibly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, did you notice the kid's bedroom was all spray-painted and had, like, all these fumes? And, like, like oh, if you look at the top, it looked like he flung, like, shot diarrhea up onto the ceiling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just dookie sprayed everywhere. Do you think they got him to get this haircut for the movie, or did he just show up to audition like that? Who, Michael Richards? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that, I think that was pretty much his real haircut. Fucking weird. Because he was also around this time, too. I'm trying to remember. It might have been like one or two years before this. I think he was also in UHF, a Weird Al, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He had some wackadoo hair in that, too. I mean, it's, it's pretty much his Kramer hair. is just kind of parted to the side instead of going completely straight up. Fucking exactly. Wasn't Kramer supposed to be like a hipster or something? Wasn't that a joke they made a couple times? Well, he kind of was because if you remember, like, you know, it's not really out of place now. But at the time, like, he really dressed in like 50s clothes. Mm, yeah. like I guess I never really day. he just comes off as a fucking burnout you don't really think there's any reasoning behind any choice he makes he just like that show. I guess yeah. we should explain to people not following along like Michael Richards plays the bow tie killer and that mm. that was Junior's uh, pen pal he looked up to him because he was such a good serial killer but he but the way Junior introduced him they, they say it's Uncle Bob or whatever so they don't mm. realize he's the killer that's on the news every 40 seconds and then he just found out that Junior, fucking Jr., this heavy fucking uh, crime boss he's been hearing about is like seven years old. And so, like, yeah, fucking, basically he just wasted a thousand miles to come here. So basically, yeah, that's going to lead him to the, the, ultimately make the decision coming up. Fucking, uh, he's just going to fucking uh, cuck Ben Healy with yeah. it and his, his wife's into it. Very Stacy. And then he's just going to fucking kidnap Junior and fucking ransom him, baby. That's the thing is, um, is, uh, where the darkness comes in. Like, I mean, he literally has sex with the guy's wife and like, she ends up liking it. And I thought it was funny. Like I was looking at the, the problem child wiki or whatever. And, uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, well, yeah, the, the wiki says the film is heavily censored when shown on television Due to remarks made about the adoption, with critics saw as insensitive. There yeah. was there was some time, yeah, in the protest or the poster. I can't I can't I can't remember. Maybe it was like, uh, but there's like somewhere on one of the Wikipedia's where somebody says like, oh, they you know they the the original uh, was good and the the second one wasn't as good because they they went with uh, more risque humor or whatever. And I'm just like, the original's pretty fucking dirty in all honesty. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember anything any more dirty than this movie. Yeah, it says I, the, the sequel is PG thirteen, like, unlike predecessor, which is rated PG. Yeah, the the ending of this movie is literally a fucking uh, hog's ball sack right in front of the camera, like fucking just literally <laughs> shitting and uh... these are toys. <laughs> I brought a bunch of I brought a bunch of equipment. <laughs> these are toys. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I always remember that, where he's like, he's like, oh, look at all this stuff we got, you know, it's like little plastic guns and shit, and he's like, oh, these are toys. So funny. 
I'm surprised they, they, they didn't have Junior smoking. Like, he oh, yeah. teaches them how to smoke cigars or something. That would have been a real epitome of the time. That's funny, though. I noticed that watching it this time, that that's when Junior, like, realizes, like, oh, I guess this guy ain't going to be no fun after all. So right yeah. there, from that point on, it's like fucking... His, his plan is just fucking to backfire. He's just like, that was quick. And, and me, <laughs> meanwhile, the wife is all tied up, basically playing a sex slave at this point. Exactly. This is where it gets really goofy, too. Like uh, The whole movie has a cartoon logic, but, like, yeah, this whole last act where it's just, like, fucking, like, he, he doesn't even care that he flow's gone and fucking, like, she ends up in the fucking, like, yeah, the the suitcase right here and then later on the movie like she flies out lands on the other car it's very cartoony like literally spy versus spy shit Mm -hmm. i like this where he's just throwing shit through the windows and stuff this will be a fun scene to shoot exactly oh i think there is a i can't tell is that a chucky drawing in the background they barely showed it i guess not because it's more emperor palpatine shit oh yeah this is probably like this is 1990. That was only probably Child's Play One was out, so it probably wasn't yeah. even that big of a yeah. series yet. See, this is the scene where he sees like, oh, he drew uh, Big Ben Hilly like a, a monster and fucking Mrs. Hilly like a monster, and then he finds his picture and he just looks like a nice guy, this normal guy, and then he finds the prune. He's like, he liked me this whole time, and then he's like, fucking, I gotta save the junior buddy. That's my that's my boy. Yeah, he was like cata. What do you call it? Catatonic after the car wreck, and then like he was reading The Exorcist and shit, thinking he really was the devil child and all of this. And then just because his his wife got stolen, and he, like he finds like one like smart like whatever like little picture where Junior he finds out Junior actually liked him. I would just still be like, you know what? It's not worth it. Like he's happy. Yeah, he's he's he, happy that the bitch wife is gone. <laughs> like let it go. He's still a little shit. He's yeah. still an asshole. Like, if that's how he treats you when he likes you, they're like, fuck him. Yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, he's just going to burn the tree down at Christmas, and then you have to sit there and be happy about it. Exactly. This is another scene where it's just like, the absurdity just kind of goes up a notch, where he's, he walks off, and he's just like, he doesn't notice, like, the camera's moving with him, and he's he's being broadcast, and he's re- like, oh yeah, Mayor, tell us how you really feel, and he's giving his, like, ultimately, this is the scene where the evil villain is revealing his whole plan to the main character, and then he gets, you know, fucking found out, uh, they're doing that right here, fucking uh, the, the, the recorder's going, or the fucking intercom's on. It's a, you know, it's a, they go to it a lot, but it works. But like, yeah, it gets really absurd when he like, uh, oh yeah, you fucking, you really think this is what I believe you? How about this? And then it just cuts to like a, a close up of like a boxer, American flag boxers falling down that you just see his ass and the very Chad. Yeah, he's he the old man. He's running for mayor of the town. He's about to do a TV interview. So now he's like mooning the camera and shit because his son came in and pissed him off. And I'm just like, it's funny that like John Ritter could take over the network by literally flipping a fake <laughs> switch that they put on the camera. Exactly. It's beautiful. Yeah. Such a beautiful scene. They're fucking, oh yeah, it's the same. Hey, oh, yeah, right there. I was like this too. He's like, fucking meet me by the, fucking, what is he? He's like, the tiger cage. You know, He's writing yeah. back. The Why tiger. is he writing back? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Was he just a fan of Beck? Yeah, I don't even think Loser was out at this point. It came out like 93 or something like that. Exactly. 
I thought, I thought this was funny, too, that he has to steal the neighbor's car just because he already crashed his into his house for no reason. <laughs> and then here's where he takes the fucking super dad hat. Yeah. Fucking, he's like, I deserve this, bitch. And then he runs over those fucking uh, flowers, which is I, the only yeah. fucking, yeah, it was a deleted little subplot there. He, he was annoyed with the flowers, I guess. Mm-hmm, fucking lady, uh, always gave him shit for letting the 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 cat piss in her flowers. Yeah, fucking. the the DIY like they got like all the like the cheap like what do you call it the cheap set pieces in this movie that they used to like throw throw back on in eighties and nineties movies to like create like a big feeling. Oh, he punched a clown. Kramer did. Is um, they had the kids baseball game that was always a cheap like you know economical economical scene to shoot in movies back then and now they got the generic like circus fair that everybody's walking through that was always in a million movies in the 80s and 90s exactly very chad i kind of i kind of like the how madcap and goofy gets at the end here because i feel like it kind of reminds me of uh the end of like peewee's big adventure where it just becomes like a big like live action well i guess the whole thing is like a live action cartoon but this movie really you know Mm-hmm. And like that's the only way you could really like wrap this movie up because it was like the whole movie is just an excuse for a kid to be goofy or whatever. So like you kind of just have to have like turn into like a live action cartoon at the end, you know. And it plays well for the kids. It plays well for the kids because yeah. like oh, it takes place at like a, a carnival. So All it's these like, animals, yeah. Yeah, fucking. And so he like a little, another little bunch of set pieces for him to get into. Like he he he, he they step into the fucking uh, the the uh, what's that the trapeze artist thing. Yeah. He gets thrown around for a little bit. The fucking uh, the tiger and all this. It's a fun little uh, final section of the movie. In another oh, way, right is there, it, right yeah. there where he goes, telling me, telling me, telling me. I was the I was always just telling me or it's like but like yeah watching this getting ready for the movie i'm watching with the subtitles and he, he's literally saying telly me telly me and it's like what's that mean yeah could they just not tell what he was saying there either <laughs> he's kramer now i like it that yeah. mr healy's ready to shoot him in the back but it just turns out to be a fake prop gun <laughs> But it, it, it's funny, too, though, because, like, all of a sudden, uh, even though he hated this little kid junior, Michael Richards did, the bow tie killer, all of a sudden he wants him to, like, pick, <laughs> like, me yeah. or your real father. <laughs> like, what all of a sudden he, he wants him to, oh, more animal care? Like, yeah, Why does he want a kid hanging around? He's like, yeah. you got the money. It's like, like, how did he even think that, that that backpack has money in it? It probably doesn't. He probably just got something to put in there. Well, I and mean, they usually have to look in there. I thought that's what was going to happen because he couldn't. It was obvious he couldn't get the money or whatever. I thought that that Michael Richards was going to look in and see it was like full of books or whatever. But like, no, they never even tell you. Like the backpack is literally just a, a way to put it on the back of the kid and fling him around on these trapeze. <laughs> fucking, that's exactly what it is, and I never noticed it. Fucking until you just said it. Fucking, see, you're making me more cynical. Did you ever get to go to the circus as a kid, Zach? Like twice. Yeah. Like, uh, we were pretty into it. The Ringling Brothers would always come around once a year. And, like, I would say I went pretty much every year for, like, five, six, seven years. I think one time I even went when I was older, when I was, like, about 12, 13. It was always a good time. I Like, like I actually like clowns because I realized what clowns were. Like, I'm kind of tired of the modern cuck phobia. Everybody always crying about clowns all the time. <laughs> I've never gotten the fear of clowns. No. 
I never thought they were a scary image. Well, what's funny is, like, they always do, like, these evil, monstrous clowns in horror movies, and they're like, see, it's so scary, because clowns are so scary, right? They're so scary. But when you go to the circus, it's literally just a fucking guy in grease paint smiling and waving at you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's not really trying to lurk around and reach in your pants or whatever. Exactly. I love this part where Junior's, like, driving the car. Go get him, Dad. The way he delivers the line. You go far, Dad. You, like, you, whatever. Where did the casting directors go? Fucking Perry, Oklahoma, to find this fucking kid. I love how that bridge had like a big like hump in it. So like when he went over it, the shit they could bounce and fly out the trunk. Oh yeah, flow. Yeah, the 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 wife. We should say we never mentioned the wife was put into a suitcase. She was in a trunk of the car, which I felt like that was just more of the kinky sex stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny to think. Like he he got rid of the wife really quick. Fucking it didn't even care if the kid like fucking like at some point Ben Healy probably didn't even have to bring him money. He probably would just let him go. Like fucking, I'm I'm tired yeah. of this. The only reason he seemed to want the kid is because he saw Ben Healy wanted him back. I guess. <laughs> Well, I, I gotta say, that, like, like usually they try to do like little stunts or whatever in comedy movies, just as a plot point, and it always comes off as really fake. And got, I gotta say that all the shit looked good. Like earlier when Junior was driving the car and almost slamming into everything, like looked really real and stunt like. And this whole car chase was like it was brief, but like the stunt driving was actually good in it. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Here's the whole reason for the prunes' existence. Yeah, a boy gets a gun and. Fuck you, traitor! He still seems mad that the kid doesn't want to go with him. Wouldn't it have been awesome, though? Like, a better way to end the movie instead of shooting John Ritter, he shot the kid. (laughs) (laughs) Like a middle of the forehead, like... It's just over. Yeah. Like, holy shit. I was the dark one in it. It just was a black comedy. I didn't realize it. I was thinking of that, like, what if John Ritter just died at the end of this and he was just homeless again? Fuck, that would have been terrible. Because the good thing they thought of that prune. Fucking the prune was there to save his life. Yep, he had the prune. Which really made no sense because he gave Junior the prune and like we never really saw him get it back or whatever. He he found it underneath that picture of him oh, where he's like he liked me. He must have just put it in his pocket. Forgot. You know the real there. Junior is a fuck. He would have ate that hard ass prune so he could shit it out. Oh yes, fucking break your teeth. Yeah, break your colon. Oh yeah. He's like, you know what? I fucking, I don't like brushing my teeth. Maybe fucking dentures will just be easier to maintain. <laughs> baby dentures. Go to the dentist because a baby dude. He finally takes off the bow tie. I totally forgot. Like till the end of the movie, I was like, oh yeah, he was wearing the bow tie because he wanted to be like the killer or whatever. Hmm. We never saw him get to kill anybody, though. We just had to take their word for it. They should have referred to him as the bow tie cucker, because that's really what he did. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Yeah. The bow tie cucker. The bow tie cucker Carlson. It all comes full circle. I like how the movie ends with, like, I saw that the, that should have been the ending, just him and Junior. I thought this was a lame end joke. These balls of this hog shitting on the lady's face. Oh, that's an amazing scene. That, that, fucking, that, that, that the balls had a lump on it. Did you notice that? They did. Somebody should have been feeling those. Oh, you remember the uh, the uh, fucking uh, the, the the VHS version of this? The one that said the end right there. They already knew that the uh, part two was greenlit, so they added a little extra scene where fucking Junior does like a 
that's awful. Like a fucking like oh, he comes wow. up in a little circle and he's like, oh, I'll return in Problem Child too next summer. And fucking very very cartoony, very uh, uh, you know fucking uh, commercial. That kid talks like he's on commercial to the whole movie, but it's fucking, it works for that scene. Yeah, like um, who the fuck was Peter Jurassic played Roy? Was that the neighbor dad or whatever? Yeah, it was. Yep. Like, at the end, they give a big credit. It's just featuring Peter Jurassic. It's like, what, did they, when they did the opening credits, they forgot to put him in. They had to put him in, like, first thing. That's Peter Jurassic. He inspired Jurassic Park. You had to introduce him. Fucking, he's a big deal. I don't remember him in anything else. The neo-Nazi in the, I thought it was him. Uh, he was one of those things, I was like, I'm pretty sure it's him, but it looks a little bit different. But the neo-Nazi in the jail, uh, the, you know, earlier in the movie, that was actually Carrie Von Eric, the famous wrestler who, uh, who died, committed suicide. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, we got a we got a Beach Boys song closing the movie. Yeah, that, that that's what uh, the the Beach Boys sold their soul. Well, not the Beach Boys, but the whatever was left masquerading as the Beach Boys. I think it was pretty much just Mike Love. But this song started playing. You know, I noticed during the opening credits it said uh, "Problem Child" theme or song or whatever it is by the Beach Boys. This is the shittiest song, and I like the Beach Boys. You know. Like uh, their classic I stuff. Liked, I've always liked this song since it was. I guess I was a kid <laughs> when I watched the movie. That, Fuck your teacher's calling you a problem, child. It's very cheesy and it's pretty shitty, actually. But it's really shitty, especially for the Beach Boys. It's like imagine if they recorded this was like a couple decades earlier. They'd be doing the. Fucking none of that here. Instead, you get nah, 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 some fucking shitty little kids' vocals mm-hmm. looped in, and you get Mike Lovin. You were a problem, child. It's wow. like if they would have had not looped in the little kids, and it was just him singing about being a problem child, it would have been fun. I mean, clearly, like it was a payday. And if you mm-hmm. look it up, like people really hated this song at the time. They really criticized. You know him because uh, he was like pretty much the only person left in the Beach Boys around the time they had that shitty Kokomo song that was a hit. Um, mm. you, ever, you remember that song, <laughs> Kokomo? I do I remember that being a huge uh, song? Was that, I, is that like I want to say it was of... in Cocktail with Tom Cruise. I want to say it was part of that soundtrack. And it's just like okay, like the Beach Boys were back for the first time in twenty years. I remember that as a kid. Like the Beach Boys were popular again, and they even did some concerts with John Stamos on the drums and shit. That's how weird it got. <laughs> What was he singing? Michelle smiling. <laughs> Michelle's like, yeah, Uncle Jesse, the most pussiest ass cool guy. Fucking. Uh, yeah, yeah, that song, Michelle smiling. The Beach Boys were on that song. Were they more, more soul selling. Exactly. How come the Beach Boys did, didn't do the end theme song to uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Dead? They would have been perfect for that. Fucking just the same song that yeah. Iggy Pop Iggy did. Pop. Why, why, why was I born? Instead of Bizarre, why was I born? Hell yeah. Written and produced by Terry Melcher, performed by the Beach Boys. Holy shit. But you get you do get to at least hear... Oh, there was, I forgot. There was that one scene where they played Iggy Pop, Wild Child. Like this, Born to be Wild. This movie really had the, uh, the, the most obvious soundtrack of all time going for it. Mm-hmm. Like where the 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 songs are almost just punchlines to the jokes they're telling yeah, almost. Yeah. But I, yeah, this is a great movie, man. This it's awesome. fun, yeah. 
And it really shows uh, John Ritter. He was a very uh, specific type of comedic actor. You know what I mean? That not a lot of people could pull off the shit that he did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like it a lot. And I guess we should say too, because like this kind of, I kind of like looked this up a while ago when we were trying to uh, do this movie, and I couldn't find a copy of it anywhere. Is uh, I was blown away because I didn't really re- remember it coming out so close, but the sequel came out literally like a few weeks shy of like a year after this. So like literally while this in- was in theaters, they had to just be writing the fucking script like oh shit. Like after opening weekend, they they must have been like we got to get the sequel right away. And um, mm-hmm. Problem Child Part Two um, got criticized for getting hurt out of the box office because they put it out the same day that Terminator Two did. Oh, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. That fucked up the trajectory so much. That fucking part three was straight to DV, or straight to video, and didn't have John Ritter in it or the fucking kid. Yeah, it was just. I always thought it was a TV movie, but was it straight to video? It might have been TV, yeah. And uh, I saw on the wiki that in 2015, uh, I think it was NBC ordered a uh, a TV show version, but uh, I don't know if they made the pilot or not. But like, yeah, it just it like it never even like really got on the air or anything. Was like, that? Was that not the cartoon version? No, yeah, the, the, there was a cartoon version, I guess, in, in the more mm-hmm. mid-90s. Yeah, there was a cartoon for a while, but this was actually, I think, going to be a live-action show, like, primetime on NBC. This was back in 2015, and uh, it was ordered, supposedly, but, uh, like, I don't even think the pilot got completed. Fucking John that. Ritter's return to comedic television in Problem Child, the sitcom. I would have calmed. They would have probably got his son, because he was... He was been gone for years by that point oh fuck yeah that fucking, if it would have came out back then it would have been fucking fantastic yeah cause this, this has uh, no uh, whatever menu this movie just keeps replaying I got the subtitles yeah Junior's first line of the movie is nice not to be born huh <laughs> <laughs> fucking dork what a little fucking shit you know what would have been great if like they would have done that thing where they would have done, like, a wraparound, like, you know, whatever, 30 years later, and Junior was just, like, a hillbilly truck driver in a truck stop somewhere having sex with a lot lizard and drinking whiskey, oh, yeah. telling telling uh, telling somebody the story of how he got adopted, flashing back. Hell yeah. You ever wonder why the fuck they do that in movies? They're, like, some guy's <laughs> just sitting somewhere not doing yeah. jack shit, and then they're, like, flashing back to tell you what happened. Like, who fucking just show us what happened? Who cares? Yeah, what's the point of showing us <laughs> them now if they're not, they're not even doing anything that's... Related. Even matters in the story. Well, like, literally, like, the movie Stand By Me, like, the only reason they have Richard Drivers do the narration is, like, so at the end, in modern day, when he's done writing the tale of what happened, he can say, those are the best friends I ever had. Yeah, <laughs> That's, that, like, literally that his only scene. reason. That classic scene, yeah, where someone walk up, oh, Johnny died that summer, and he just fucking disappears. Fucking <laughs> yeah. amazing. Amazing. Like like his son and and, and uh, his friend want to go get ice cream and he's like yeah we'll go get ice cream I'll be there in a minute kids and then he's just typing Johnny died that summer he never I never had friends like that that's the only fucking reason he's in the movie <laughs> amazing exactly uh so yeah this was a good one sorry it took so long Zach but uh you know we had to pay a lot of sacrifices and. Uh, problems during the pandemic and one of them was apparently there was a problem child blu-ray shortage for a while 
yeah, I, I wanted to do this movie for a while, and uh, you you kept saying like going to uh, yeah. Amazon oh, trying everywhere. to find it. Was, uh, everywhere. Fuck, even Bull Moose couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. Just like I just think it was one of those things where um, it actually happened with a lot of movies earlier in the pandemic, but now you can find it. There's just like a lot of movies that dried up. I guess <clears> you know whatever. Uh, but you know what? You know how print. they could reboot this movie? They could make First World Problem Child. Oh, that would be great. It's like a 15-year-old kid sitting around bitching about, like, fucking, like, his parents took his phone away, so now how's he going to fucking update his shit on the, how's he going to update all of his followers, because he's a big influencer on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, I was going to say Instagram, on the gram. Fucking, that would be a good uh, way to bring it back. You you, you could do it a a fake documentary style, get our boy Joe Berlinger, how he did the Cecil Hotel. You could do the problem child fake documentary. Oh. <laughs> they, could, they could hire our boy Josh Saunders to be the first world problem child. Speaking of, have you watched the Cecil Hotel on Netflix? I have. Yeah. What do you think of that? I thought it was funny how they got renowned, worldwide known a documentary filmmaker Joe Berlinger to come get a bunch of YouTube people to give their opinions of what they thought happened on the crime. Uh, uh-huh. I still got the last episode to go, but I watched the first three. So it's like he shows their 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 YouTube predictions for five years ago. He shows their YouTube videos of them saying what they think happened, and then he cuts the modern day and they're sitting in a chair telling the exact same shit they told on the YouTube video. <laughs> It, it makes the old episode of Unsolved Mysteries look like fucking Schindler's List. <laughs> the quality oh, yeah. of filmmaking. What what happened with our boy Berlinger? Did he just never, um, uh, uh, you know, recover from the shock of Blair Witch Two not being a hit, and he just became mediocre? He just because he did the Ted Bundy thing, which I did, the documentary, which I didn't even finish on Netflix. It was so fucking dry and boring. And yeah, it was really like just fucking standard, like five out of ten. Oh, it was all this shit you already knew about Ted Bundy. You know what I mean? Just all yeah. the same shit. And not told or, you know, done in an interesting way or anything. But, yeah. So, anyway, that that was was great. Getting revisit Problem Child. I'm just watching it again here with the infertility clinic scene. It's great. But uh, tell everybody what you got going on in your other shows. Well, me and Mac, we just, uh, we're getting ready to put out the uh, fucking... um, the uh the space jam we did a oh. dank to dust uh, commentary and we had uh our boy aaron from the btm podcast Amazing. he was uh, he was on there and yeah we we did it, that fucking time capsule of a film oh god i i, I remember because uh, i was a big michael jordan mark mark as a as a kid or whatever and uh, i remember sitting in the theater being so embarrassed watching that like <laughs> <laughs> i was i was young enough to be like this is fucking cool hell yeah oh, <laughs> i was just like what worked in a 30 second super bowl commercial with bugs bunny does not work in a 92 minute movie and uh, yeah, I bring it up on the episode. I talk about like basically this world is uh, d- divided up uh, post fucking Space Jam. America is divided up between two kinds of people: the people that fucking that that fucking thought Lola Bunny was hot as fuck, wanted to fuck Lola Bunny, and the people that lie about wanting to fuck Lola Bunny. They they just lying. They all wanted to fuck a Lola Bunny. Very Stacy. I'll go a step further. Forget Lola Bunny. What about Bugs Bunny when he would dress up like a girl and try to be sexy? That's good enough for me. Fucking giant. Yeah. Fucking giant. 
So yeah, and and also too, uh, an episode I I uh, unfortunately passed on being on, but I'm looking forward to hearing is you guys uh, also on the other show. You guys just did stop or my mom will shoot. We did stop or my mom will shoot, and as I said on that episode, the fucking porno milf mom porn parody would have been stop mom or I'm gonna shoot, starring of course Ava Adams. Because it just feels so good. Don't stop, stop, baby. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Welcome to starring fucking Ava Adams, Corey Chase. There's like three of them that do it all oh, the Corey, time. Corey Chase is a uh, innovator in her genre. Very Stacy, very Stacy. Yeah, she'll, she'll 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 completely trick your mind into thinking it actually is a good idea to do that kind of thing. Amazing. The best is when she she talks the uh, the whatever quote unquote daughters that are like three years younger than her into <laughs> 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 doing whatever. <laughs> You gotta love, like, who, who thinks of this shit? Like, who, who's the one that comes up with this and then it just becomes the next big trend? Well, the, the, the that's, the, that's the thing is, like, between that genre and the cuck genre, you you cannot turn on a website without just being inundated with just nothing but that on there. Exactly. See, I, I wasn't sure before if I could make that joke because it makes you think, like, well, actually, what if everybody else isn't seeing that and is just recommending shit it thinks yeah. I like, and then I'm just letting everyone know I'm a freaky fuck. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, exactly. It's fucking, it makes you all self-conscious about it. Yeah, there's no reason to be. I mean, there's there's way worse <laughs> things going on in the world than that. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. So that's it, everybody. Thanks a lot for uh, joining us for Problem Child. Um I'm sure there's a lot of subtext in this episode that the fly buyers who, uh, oh, pro- oh, somebody did a podcast about a problem child. They're really going to enjoy all that. But uh, anyway, <laughs> the show must go on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bleeding out of our eyes like key COVID over here. My brain is gone, man. I can't I can't talk. I can't think. I can't do a podcast anymore. My This pandemic, man, this, my brain is fucking mush. And I don't know if it's... I feel oh, like yeah. I'm... Uh, Sucking down nonstop uh, combos like Cobra's Venom drink combos. <laughs> like oh, yeah. something has rotted my brain. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was something that was shot into my veins. I don't know. But uh, yeah. but anyway, I appreciate it, Zach. It was it was really actually uh, you know because I've been watching like a lot of heavy shit lately, and it was nice uh, breath of fresh air to go back and revisit this movie and. I gotta say, man, like, it, don't you think it's, like, a good thing when you revisit something that you loved as a kid and you still love it now? Hell yes, that's a great feeling, baby. Absolutely. And with that thought, we'll see you guys back here next time, right here in the movie graveyard. Dog. You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com.